Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word.
morning, St. Matthews. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for who you are and asking you to please bless this country. Please let us heal from this pandemic. I ask that you bless those who have lost a family member due to COVID. I ask that you bless the church family here. I ask that you bless the deacons, the deaconesses. I ask that you bless the reverends. I ask that you bless the youth. And I ask that you bless the choir members. And of course, I ask that you bless our pastor because he has given us your word for over 30 years. And we all thank him for that, especially me. Here at St. Matthew's, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. We'd love to invite you to our online service here at St. Matthew's Baptist Church under the direction of our senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Here at St. Matthew's, pastor has been preaching the word of God, rightly dividing it with truth and transparency for over 33 years. We've seen thousands of lives transformed. Even though we're living through an unprecedented time, and even though our church is closed due to the pandemic, we'd love for you to download our SNBC app through your Google Play Store or through the Apple App Store for real-time live updates. Additionally, we'd like for you to follow us on Instagram at SMBChurchNJ or on Facebook at St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown, New Jersey. In addition to that, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SMBCTV where you can learn about our online services, our Wednesday night core Bible studies, and even our Zoom schedules at this time. Finally, don't forget to remain faithful through your giving by tithing online through our church website or by using our SMBC app or by mailing in your tithes to our church address at P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey 08094. Have a blessed day.
of Jesus Christ as he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are joyful and excited because he is in full control. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He started it all and he's going to end it all. He's worthy of all of our praise and glory and adoration Amen. And we thank him on this Lord's Day. What a day. This is the day the Lord hath made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to thank God for our youth praise dancers. Let's get the Lord a hand clap for them. They did a great, great job. They're awesome. I want to thank God for all the overseers of that ministry and for all of you. And I want to thank you for your prayers and some of you, your presence at the home going of our Reverend Mike Poole. What a man. What a man. He was faithful. He was fruitful. And he finished well. Thank God for him. He worked. He worshiped. Amen. And he was just a willing example of sacrificial ministry. And we're going to miss him. Praise God. And uh, again, we're thankful. We want you to continue to be faithful by tithing online and sending your tithes by envelopes into P.O. Box 817 Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094, St. Matthew's Baptist Church. Truly God is an awesome, awesome God. Now we're on part two of, con- of uh, our commitment to the family. And I want to turn to, uh, want you to turn to Colossians 3. And verse 10, I'm going to pick up part of this verse and deal with this and have, and have put on the new man, don't miss that, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Hallelujah. And this morning, our sermon is ingredients of intimacy, intimacy, not only to our mate, but to our children, to our grandchildren, to our fellow believers, in ingredients of intimacy. Intimacy to some and to most conveys a closeness. But in reality, there are other definitions associated with this word that deals with a conscientiousness, a consideration, and a continuance of knowledge of another. When we think about this matter of intimacy, physical intimacy is closeness, mental Intimacy is a conscientiousness. Emotional intimacy is a consideration. And spiritual intimacy, when Paul says that I may know, Ganusko, him, is a continuance of getting knowledge. We look at this matter of intimacy. It's very, very interesting because 
The Bible's definition does not match the world's definition. That when we begin to look at um, this matter of intimate relationships, it, it deals with a man, a view of victory towards another. Now let me stop, pause, and park on that because intimacy is not always touching and talking and tolerance. Sometimes it's a temperament, if you will, amen, of one thoroughly, listen to this, respecting, responding, amen, giving reassurance, amen, of another as well as reworking to fix a fault. Intimacy. That uh, we, we, we need to understand that as we look at this matter of in- intimacy, 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 amen, is an effort of responding love and rewarding, reworking, renewing. When we think of intimacy, I, 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 uh, I'm thankful for the word of God that teaches us a balanced view of intimacy. Four, there are four keys to intimacy that we need to learn biblically. Four critical keys of intimacy that the Apostle Paul here in Colossians is writing from prison. It's called a prison epistle. He's in jail. He's writing. And the theme to Colossians is we are complete in him. That completeness denotes that everything we need, God has already supplied. Everything that we must have in order to be Christ-like has already been issued out. We have it through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have it as we grow in grace and glorify his name and are being guided by the Holy Spirit. And so Paul here in Colossians chapter 3, dealing with the new man after the image of Christ, dealing with a balance. And the theme here is, is that as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. We received him by faith. You keep on living by faith. Everything is by faith. By faith, we have a continuance, amen, in Christ. And, 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 and so it is here when we start thinking about this matter of intimacy. And I, 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 need, I need to say this. Paul, in verse 10, uh, uses the metaphor of getting dressed. Put on the new man. Now, let me stop pausing park because until we are willing and able to put on the new man, the new nature, amen, uh, the new man in Jesus Christ, that which is controlled under the control of the Holy Spirit, he says, put on the new 
man, the old man can't live this out. The old man cannot really instruct you in intimacy. He really can't. He, he's dealing with this balanced life, renewed in knowledge. I got a new way of thinking. I got a new way of determining. Amen. I, I got a new deliverance. He, he's dealing with verse 10 of chapter 3. And in chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, he says, If ye then, if conditional, have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand side of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, I've already said a mouthful. Not only <laughs> are we to seek and set, amen, we are stabilized as we allow the new man to function. The new man to function. And, and so um, uh, Paul, Paul begins to give us some insights, and I'm using it in this matter of intimacy, that true intimacy first is a true characterization of abiding love. Abiding love, the word abiding means to stay close to Christ. It's, it's, it's abiding love, it's offering another a warmth. Love is warm. Now some of us can't be warm because we cold. And God's got to move the coldness in order for you and I to become warm. I don't have time to deal with your icebox, your refrigerator, why you're cold. You're probably cold because something cold happened to you. And it's causing you to act ugly under pressure. Lord have mercy, somebody needs to say amen. He, he's talking about this abiding love and in this text... Hallelujah. Love is a character trait, listen, of a shared sacrificial love of support towards another. You can't get intimate until love is functioning. That, that is, it's sacrificial. Hallelujah. It's shared, it's, sacrif it's, it's supportive towards another it's not self-centered it's not selfish it's not suffocating lord have mercy you don't have to sit up under me all day for me to feel intimacy no it's not suffocating that that is that child of god when you begin to look at this matter of uh intimacy the resources are that I'm able to accept you. I accept every facet of you. Your history, your hurts, your hysteria. I, I'm, I have accepted you, Lord have mercy. I have approved you. If you can't approve someone, you can't get intimate with them. I've accepted you, I've approved you, and... Hallelujah. Hang in there with me now. I, I have. Amen. Uh, I'm abiding near you. This warmness of love. 
Now, I'm slowing up because some of us have rushed into relationships and never accepted the entire person, never approved of the person. Lord, have mercy. You were more concerned about not being lonely than you were following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That, that is, child of God, that when you, when, you, when you understand the text here, Paul uses character language in verse 12 of chapter 3. Look at this. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. If I'm going to be intimate with you, I got to know that God elected you. I'm talking to saved folk now. You don't go out and marry no prostitute or no pornographic person or, uh, or somebody that's out there partying and drinking. You, you make sure they are elected by God. Saved. He, he talks about the, Lord have mercy, the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Lord, have mercy. Look at that list. God, God is saying that there is an intimacy, hanging it with me, of a true characteristic of abiding love. And love is not a feeling, it's a function. Meaning that when I love you, I'm agreeing to cover you. I'm agreeing to sacrifice for you. I'm agreeing to submit. I'm agreeing to subject. I'm agreeing to surrender. Intimacy starts with the characteristic of abiding love. Hmm, my God. It's not so much your love for a person, it's your love for a purpose. Hmm. Your elect, your, you have kindness, you have sacrifice, you have submission, you have subjection. It causes one to surrender. My God. That is... We don't fall in love. We grow in love. The love of God, the agapeo love, which is always sacrificial. It's going to cost you something. Some people are not willing to pay their price. Characteristic of an abiding love. That, That is that He deals with verse 12, enumerating on what we are metaphorically to put on, getting dressed, 
getting dressed, put on, therefore, and the therefore takes us back to the beginning of the chapter, put on, therefore, as the elect of God. Hmm. Character of abiding love. Hmm. Now, now the second, the second factor is that true intimacy uh, energizes, now watch this now, an act of listening, which is the other person's worth. We started out with love as a warmth, listening as a worth. My God, today. There are books out on languages of love, which are our ability to listen. Now, I am guilty of not always listening. If I think you're getting ready to preach, I'm going to preempt you. If I think I already know what you're going to say, I'm going to preempt you. That's not listening. Our children feel dear to us when we are able to listen. Our mates, their worth is predicated on us listening. But what are we, what are we, what are we, what are we listening for? I'm glad you asked. Ah, we're listening and trying to hear their pain their plight, their problem, their passions. And when, when we look at verse 13, I want to equate this. Forbearing one another, that means putting up with. Everybody's not easy to listen to. They talk in circles. They talk defensively. They talk accusatorily. They begin to accuse you when they talk. They cut you off. You don't have to look at me funny this morning. You know (laughs) the changes you go through when you're trying to say something to somebody. There's got to be patience without preemption in order to hear each other. My God. That is. And when people don't have a sense of acceptance and approval, they work for it. I'm not working because I love you. I'm working because I need to. I need a sense of approval. I need to feel good about myself. That's that's selfishness. Paul Paul says here in the verse in, in verse thirteen, forbearing one another, putting up with one another, like God put up with you, forgiving one another, letting one go of their faults. See, God didn't call us to be fruit inspectors. God didn't call us to be fault finders. We can find fault. Fault's not hard to find. Can I get a witness? It's hard to find in yourself. 
but it's not hard to find in somebody else. Forgiving one another, and people that can't forgive others don't feel forgiven. They're functioning on guilt. That child of God, this, this completeness of the theme of this book, if any had a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do ye also. Ah, I love this. That, that is, this matter of listening liberates another. We got to learn to listen. We got to learn to listen. My, uh, I, I remember when I was struggling with something, my, my dad would listen. Hmm. A listening ear helps me to establish my personal worth. Why talk when they won't listen? Why share when they're going to judge? It's, it's got something to do with my worth. Do I have a witness? That, that, that listening air, when, when you go to counseling, and I've been to counseling, counselors are trained to listen. They're trained to listen. They're not trained to cut you off and talk. They're trained to listen. They want to hear what you're struggling with and why you're struggling. And what's in your past that's causing you to struggle. Could be your mother, your father, could be a sibling, could be someone you dated, someone you were with, could be a previous marriage. There, there is a target somewhere in us that's causing all of the unrest. So someone has been professionally trained just to listen. The gift of wisdom is the gift of counseling. They are trained to listen. Hmm, interesting. You can't listen and talk at the same time. I heard you. I heard this before. That's not listening. Listening gives the other person a sense of worth. You got to be sensitive, selfless, amen, seeking a solution as you listen to a person's History hurts, pain, problems, and plights. What are they trying to say that they may not be able to say? What are they saying that they themselves don't even know their meaning to say? What are they saying? What are the nonverbals? Not just the verbals. What what is it? What am I listening to? And what am I listening for? Someone may be crying out of their pain. I had a bad model. I had a bad model and my mother had a bad model and my father had a bad model of life. I had some bad situations. And I have these self-protective devices called strongholds that will not allow others to penetrate me. So I put on this hard front 
but really I'm sensitive inside nearing the breaking point. Hmm. And child of God, when you look at this matter of listening, hmm, it, it deals with a sense and a byproduct of intimacy. Now you have to draw up some boundaries, some rules, because some folk will talk all day long. And you, you, you need to make sure the subject is for the predicate, that you have context of what they're talking about before they start enumerating on all the problems with it. What are we talking about? Sometimes you have to say that. Well, I don't understand. Well, excuse me, what's the subject here? What are we talking about? Let's get the subject out first and then we can move to the other areas. All of that is developed in listening and, listen, in establishing how to communicate one with another. Hmm. Listening gives a person a sense of worth. Hmm. I've been guilty of this because in pastoring all these years, I've had people come to my study and they, they talk slow. I, I struggle with slow-talking people. Well, pastor, I said, I can't do this. I'm not a counselor, I'm a pastor. Difference. I said, go on and uh, before you come in, write it down so I can speed read through it and figure out the problem. Well, that's wrong. Patiently, you must listen. And what you are doing in listening is differentiating uh, two things. What's really bothering them and what's not attached to what they're saying at all. Hmm. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. That's a falsehood. That goes back to acceptance. That goes back, amen, to you feeling loved. Interesting that Jesus listened. Mm. And the deep thing about Jesus is being God, God the Son, the Son of God, he already knew before it happened. He already knew before it happened. He already knew what, what was going to be said and whether what was said was true or not. He already knew. Hmm. That, that is, child of God, that, uh, um, we got to be sensitive to our feelings. We got to be sensitive to the function. We got to be sensitive to the faith. We got to be sensitive to fortitude because you may go out and tell somebody something that's a falsehood because you want to be accepted by others. Hmm. I've had people say to me, I know you was preaching at me. You was looking right at me. 
I said, I didn't know you was in church. <laughs> I was just preaching the word. Well, how do they come away with that? Their conscience. Their guilt. I may have said something in the sermon that hit home. And you think I was looking directly at you. I wasn't. Looking at Brother Arnold. <laughs> Listening brings worth to the other person. Let me give you love. Let me learn how to listen. Let me give you the warmth. Let me give you the worth. Respectfully. Hmm. Here's the third thing, and I'm, 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 I'm going to look at this, that a, a, a true intimacy evidences itself in an atmosphere of liberty. Liberty. What does intimacy have to do with liberating others a lot? I, I want to I just pick up on verse 13. Hang in there with me now. Come on now. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Look at verse 14. And above all these things, put on, metaphor of getting dressed, charity, love, which is the bond of perfectness, Lord have mercy, uh, and, 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 and he goes on and says, watch this now, and let, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Amen. Life says I need to help liberate my children from being slaves to sin, Satan, and self. In, in a marital relationship, we need to help each other become liberated from things that are holding us at bay. In Luke 15, the prodigal, the parable of the prodigal son, this is interesting. I find this interesting. The father who represents God was loving. He listened and he liberated. He had two sons. Now watch this now. The one son, the prodigal, that means wasteful. The prodigal was wild, worldly, and wasted all his goods. The father was patient and forgiving. And he accepted him back. The son repented. He not only liberated the wild, the worldly, and the wasteful, but he also liberated the wounded. The other son was bitter and wounded because he says, I've never left you and you would dare throw a party for this, your son, not my brother. He was bitter. I stayed at home. He admonished him with love. Hmm. He says, son, you always had my best. What a father. A father of mercy. A father who was able 
liberate his children. Then when we look at verse uh, 14 again, and above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfectness, and, and I want you to see this because if you understand what Paul is saying in the bond of perfection, amen, put on Jesus Christ, put on the image of Christ, put on, amen, the function of Jesus Christ, amen, and, and what he is saying is put on a different garment. The phrase metaphorically put on denotes and it means it's something you're not presently wearing. Uh, in order to love and to listen and to liberate, you need to go in your closet, pull up another garment and put it on. It's not something you're wearing all the time. You don't listen all the time. You don't love all the time. You don't liberate all the time. Hmm. That, that he's saying, put on these garments of submission. Hmm. These garments of service, of guidance and direction. Put on. And in this Christian life, as we walk this dusty earth, we need to put on, listen, love. We need to put on a listening. We need to put on a liberating of others. Husbands, how can I liberate, help liberate my wife? Wives, how can I help liberate my husband? (sighs) Parents, how can we help liberate our children? Through the principles of instruction, through practice, through pronouncements, through patience. That, that all, all of these things refer to intimacy. Intimacy is not just blowing in somebody's air and hugging somebody, getting, staying close and rubbing them and how do you feel now? That, that, that's not, that's one, that's physical intimacy, emotional, mental, spiritual intimacy is a whole different animal. When you get reassurance, when you're sitting there struggling with the person, Helping them to see what they can't see on their own. And saying it in love. Not fussing at them. Not cutting them off. Not being ignorant. Not being self-centered. Not criticizing. Not condemning. But helping them to be able to see what they can't see. Without preaching a sermon with 10 points in the conclusion. Asking permission to speak. May I say something? My God. He deals with this characteristic of love. 
sacrificial, supporting, submitting. He deals with this patience and compliment of listening. And he deals with this composite of liberating. I know that she's struggling. I know that he's struggling because of their history. They had bad models. They, they've been through. They don't feel good about themselves. There's never been f- acceptance, approval. There's never been a love. There were laws but without love. Rules without relationship. They're starving for somebody to just say, I love you. <clears throat> look, at, look at the final intimacy that I'm going to turn to here. Fourth, the true intimacy which encourages an act of labor. <laughs> had love, listening, liberating, and now labor. Labor, labor, labor to the point of exhaustion is the product. It's me working to help you feel good about yourself. It, it, It involves a work. See, here's what the church has fallen um, victim to. We have people believe and all we got to do is pray and God just does the rest. That's not true. There is a divine and there's a human effort that comes into play. Divine is God, human is you. You just can't pray, Lord, change them. When the Lord says, well, I'm going to help you change them. When Moses met God on Sinai, here's what God told Moses. Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. I've heard the cry of my people. I've seen their affliction. And I've come down to heal them. And I guess Moses said, good. He said, yeah, through you. I'm going to use you to represent me in this area of freeing them. Moses said, well, who am I? I, you know, I, I can't even speak. I stutter. Well, take Aaron, your brother. He likes to talk. What's that in your hand? A rod. Good. I'm going to use that rod to do, to, to throw down as a snake and eat up Pharaoh's two snakes by his magi- magicians. I'm going to use that rod to open up the Red Sea. I'm going to use that rod. Lord, have mercy. For the cloud and by day, pillar fire by night, I'm going to use what's in your hands. You don't have to go to school and learn it. I'm going to use what you already have. Ah. That child of God, he's dealing with this matter of labor. This close, compassionate, amen, complimentary effort to work on behalf of somebody else. When, when's the last time you say, you know what, I, Lord, I just want to get on my knees for the next 10 minutes and pray for my husband. 
Ain't praying for nobody else. Pray for him. Lord, I'm going to pray for my children one at a time. Lord, I'm going to pray for your guidance and direction. Lord, I want to hear your voice. What is it you would have me to do? What is it I'm doing you don't want me to do? Lord, I just need to talk about specifically specificity. I need to pinpoint what I'm praying about. My husband has a temper. My wife has a mouth that won't stop. So let me just pray that you would enter the realm and change this entire scenario. That's that's intimacy. You're laboring on behalf of another. We look at this labor being mission-minded is using a miracle medicine hmm, called ministry. It's calling things that be not as though they already were. So Paul says in these let verses, verse 15, and let the peace Uh, of God, not your peace, not my peace, not the church's peace, let the peace of God rule be the umpire in your hearts. Let the Holy Spirit call the balls and the strikes. Let him call out and safe. You don't call it. But you got to let it. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. Uh, You are the potter, Jeremiah 18, I'm the clay. Can I get a witness? He says, let The peace of God rule in your hearts. Now let me stop. One of the reasons in my personal life I have so much commotion and unrest is because I'm not letting the Holy Spirit rule. Let him rule. When you let him rule, fear goes out the window. When you let him rule, faith comes in. When you let him rule, fortitude is in place. When you let him rule, fruit is is manufactured, is born as we let him rule. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou the pot, I'm the clay. Make me, shape me, break me, and mold me. Let the peace of God rule. Some of us are convinced that we are it. We have all the answers. We understand all the problems. We are the critical counselor that everybody ought to come to. I often say this, having been in ministry uh, in this church going on 34 years, having been saved 40-something years, I will tell you right now, true integrity of ministry, I said this before, is building a bridge from Jesus to people, not building a bridge from people to yourself. If they desire to keep wanting to come to you, you built the wrong bridge. 
because you are just as messed up as they are. Teach them how to fish. They won't keep coming asking for fish. You got to build the bridge to Jesus. You got to teach the principles and the power of the word. You don't want nobody calling you up with everything and coming to you for everything. It's good to be a mouthpiece for the Lord. It's good to be a counselor. But child of God, you better watch out. Your bridge is to Jesus. Here's how you pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He maketh me to lie down in grace. That bridge to Jesus ah, is part of your labor. You teach your children, bring up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart. You're building a bridge from them to Jesus. Hmm. Look, look what he says. Let, 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 hanging it with me. Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. <laughs> let the peace, let the word, let the joy. Start singing to yourself. Uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You got to sing to yourself. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, with a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of his spirit. Washed in his blood. This is... My story, you got to sing to yourself. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You got to keep quoting the promises. The promises will give you power. Can I get a witness? I will never leave you nor forsake you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And we know that all things are working together for the good. You got to labor. And I dare you to start praying and praying back the word to God. Not praying your own words. Praying the word back to him. That's what David did. David got, David laid down and start praying the promises back to God. Lord, you said. I dare you to do that. That's power. Can I get a witness? That's power. Hallelujah. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Uh, Psalm 34. But the Lord will deliver them out of them all. Not one of his bones is broken. Mm. He, he deals with the letting and the spiritual singing of psalms, the joy of the heart. And then he says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Do all. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, let me stop pausing part. There's certain things you can't do in the name of Jesus. You can't cuss in the name of Jesus. You can't fuss in the name of Jesus. You can't mistreat people in the name of Jesus. Lord, have mercy. You, 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 listen, you, you cannot be prejudiced in the name of Jesus. 
Can I get a witness? You cannot be selfish in the name of Jesus. And when he says, do all in the name of Jesus, you got to take off your coat and put on his coat. Put on as the elect of God. Lord, have mercy. Put on. Put on. Thank you, Jesus. Put on. He's dealing with this matter of labor. And then he moves to the various parts of the family. And he says, wives, submit, hupotasso, get up under rank. Submit yourselves to your own husband as unto the Lord. Amen. That, that is, I don't miss this. In order to submit, you got to dismiss certain attitudes. See, Eve struggled with submission and Adam struggled with love. We're still struggling with the same old, same old, same old. If Eve had submitted to Adam, she would never have been caught alone with Satan. Hmm. Satan read something in her that wanted independence from her husband. And he obliged her. Wives, submit. Some of y'all getting ready to cut your TVs off. Wives, submit your husbands. Subject, respect. Husbands, love. Surrender. Be sacrificial. Be supportive. To your wives, your own wives. And don't become bitter against them. Now notice God didn't say the woman becomes bitter against the husband, but the husband becomes bitter against the wife. Hmm. Don't become bitter. Peter tells us if a husband is bitter against his wife, the prayer phone call is disconnected. Your prayers will not be answered. Hmm. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. I know I'm not talking about prosperity, but I'm preaching. Uh, Children, children, do not, listen, he says, obey your parents in everything. For this is well-pleasing to God. Now, now, young children have to obey. Grown children have to honor. Two different animals. I may not agree with my parents on everything. I don't have to obey as I'm an adult, but I still have to honor them. My God. That, that is, child of God, that fathers provoke not your children to wrath. In your discipline, in your discipling, don't discourage them by being too hard. I had a loving father. And when I was growing up, he was loving. But when he had to, he turned that switch. He was trying to liberate me then. Do I have a witness? Yeah. Mm. 
Now, I wasn't born down south. Some of you from down south, the, the godly parents said, now go out and find a twitch or, you know, and bring it back. And they clean it up and then they beat you. No, we, we didn't have that. Whatever was, was in reach, <laughs> it was there to teach. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, Paul lays out for fathers. Then he says, uh, servants, meaning employees, obey your employer. Uh, we got to labor, amen, for one another. We got to love, we got to listen, we got to liberate, and we got to labor. Every married couple's got to labor. Every parent-child relationship's got to labor. Do I have a witness? And 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 because and, one of these days your laboring is over, they're gonna leave. And whatever you didn't labor into their lives will be a deficit. He says, I love this, yes, intimacy is closeness, is consideration, is conscientiousness, it's a calculation. That is, when we look at what intimacy is, physically it's a closeness. We all need closeness. Some of us, listen, have fantasized about intimacy. But self-rejection knocks us out the box. Some of us will fight for intimacy. But we reject the other person. Hmm. That when you, when you understand the nature of intimacy, it's bringing that which is far close. It's a conscientiousness of concern is a consideration to fix a fault. Hmm. And spiritual intimacy, Paul says, gnusko is the Greek word, that I may know him. It's an ongoing knowledge of Jesus Christ, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death, death, and as you become intimate with your child, your husband, your wife, you are in a school of learning. Hmm. You may say, I've been married 25 years, I'm still learning. Do I have a witness? Four different Intimacies, love, listening, listen, love, listening, liberating, and laboring. God never said the moment you get fed up, leave. You got to labor. You got to liberate. You got to listen. You got to love. That's the nature of intimacy. And as you carry out these four functions of love, listening, liberating, and laboring, 
surprisingly, you come together. You'll never be just alike because God made you different. But you're able to respect, reward, amen, redo certain things because you have an inner knowledge of the Holy Spirit because you are elect and have full bowels of mercy. God gives you the ability to break down walls and barriers and petitions. We're not there yet, but I'm going to keep laboring on behalf of you. I'm going to keep liberating what I'm able to do to make you feel good about yourself. I'm going to keep listening for the pain, the plight, the problems, the hurts, the history. I'm going to keep loving. Even in the midst of your fussing and your anger, I'm going to keep loving. With the elective love of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep bestowing on you what you can't pull up by yourself. I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to make you whole from you being shattered in pieces. Intimacy is loving, listening, liberating, and laboring. Jesus Christ loves you. He listens to your cries. He's here to liberate you from yourself, Satan, and sin. Listen, he labored on that cross so we would have a right to the tree of life. He died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day with all power in his hands. And if you ask him this morning, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you are God, the Son, and the Son of God. Come into my life and save me. He will save you. Then he will sanctify you. Then he will separate you. Then he will support and give you his sufficiency that you will be able to be intimate with him and with one another. Are you intimate this morning? Can your children tell that you love them, that you listen to them, that you try to liberate them, that you labor on their behalf? Can your husband and wife identify Not only physical closeness, emotional, mental closeness, spiritual closeness. Are you listening? We love you. Have a great day in Jesus. The ingredients of biblical intimacy. We love you in Jesus. Bye-bye.
we gotta fight. You see, in this generation, materialistic swallow the minds of these innocent children. Yeah, we gotta fight. We gotta fight. We gotta fight. Oh, you see the fame and the drugs, the money, the lust, the violence, the hatred, and we must bleed the blood of Jesus.
Bye. 